and welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. Today, my good friend Rohin and I are talking about a topic that I don't think gets talked about enough, even in this age of chat, GPT, and AI, which is the power and leverage of automation and really leaning into that in your business. Ruheen is one of the few absolute experts that I know. We were just talking about how Ruheen also has a background in film and having her name in the credits of Marvel. So in general, I don't think you want to like go up against her and acknowledge certain things that she claims an expertise in, but especially when it comes to automation, I think very quickly has gone from a, you'd be smart to lean into this, to it's a real advantage, to good luck trying to keep growing your business if you are one of the ones who is not leaning into this. Yeah. So before we dive into your best practices, the mistakes that we should all be avoiding, how did you get into not just the power of automations, but building an entire business around helping others with it? As I mentioned, I know we were chatting offline about this a little bit, but I started my career in the film industry. We were doing post-production visual effects, and I started my career working for a very small visual effects company in San Francisco. Small, but really powerful in the sense they had their system set up. I'm talking a core team of seven. And on really big projects, we would ramp up to about 35. That was about our max at the time. But we would work on these little chunks of really significant movies, Marvel movies, like we've worked on The Avengers, Iron Man 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, just a whole bunch of stuff, Spider-Man 2. But what I really took away from that company is that they had systems set up like none of the other smaller studios had. And so when we would partner up with some of these other smaller studios, it became really apparent that we were in control of what we were outputting, whereas nobody really knew what was going on, or it was constantly me on the phone with the coordinators at those other companies trying to figure out what we were delivering to the larger studios that had outsourced that work to us. And so I learned really quickly that having systems, no matter how big or small you are, in fact, especially if you're small, and being able to compete with some of the larger businesses, larger companies in your space, it all comes down to the systems that you have in place. Mm. And so a few years later, when I decided to start my very first business, it was actually a newborn photography business. Don't ask me why, but I just had my first child. I was into babies at the time. Nice. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. And I took my love for photography, which was always a hobby, and I decided to see if I could turn it into a business. And I realized really quickly that Without systems in place, it didn't matter how good or passionate I was about babies or photography or any of the stuff that my business was actually supposed to be about. If I didn't have a system in place to bring in those leads and to really build a brand and have follow-ups on 
just booking the appointments, setting expectations, everything from the first point of contact with a client, with a prospect, to delivering the images, following up with them, making sure that they're happy. If you don't have a system for that, you find very quickly that you're doing a lot of that stuff yourself instead of what you actually started your business for. That's so well said that without systems, we end up working on all of the stuff that wasn't what lit us up in the first place to do this, right? Mm -hmm. I want to spend some time just to slow down here on this difference between systems and automations. Yeah. Because I think it's one thing to be building and improving systems and procedures in your company. It's another thing to figure out how to have those steps completed automatically for you, right? Correct. Yes. So I use them synonymously, but yes, you're totally right. So a system in my experience would come first. So mm -hmm. you create a system where you're like, okay, these are the steps that need to happen to go from A to B. And then once you do it a couple of times and you find that it works, that's when you want to automate those steps. And that really truly becomes your system then, because to me, a system is something that you could hire someone and you don't have to spend days trying to onboard them or train them. Like it's easy for someone to just plug in yeah. and understand what's going on and explain it to someone else. No, that's great. And remind me, we talked about this before we went live. You have a certain strategy or framework that helps business owners figure out the best next steps as they systematize and automate, correct? Yes. In terms of the starting point or the process? In terms of the process. In terms of the process, yeah. So the acronym that I came up with in order to teach my clients at the time what automation is and how they need to be really looking at it and how to figure out how to actually implement it in their business is called BUTTER without the E, B-U-T-T-R. And that really just stands for build, test, tweak, and repeat. And what that's meant to do is to remind you to start small, like start with smaller pieces and build, test, tweak, and repeat that process, either for the same thing until you get it working exactly the way you want it to, or moving on to the next piece and saying, okay, let's automate this piece now so that it you know, works without having to have all hands on deck constantly. I will say when I first started really getting good processes and automations in my company, one of my struggles initially was I don't really want to let this go. Maybe I like doing this part of the work or I'm afraid of certain exceptions here where someone on the receiving end might see this and feel like it is automated in not a good way. But time and time again, not only were we able to figure out a way to automate it, but if I ever had to go back into those weeds and do those steps manually again, it was not fun anymore. Like the moment that I got to realize what life could be like when I was outside of those tasks, I realized number one, like my time is more valuable elsewhere, but also we as business owners, the more we grow, what we like to do and the work that we're comfortable in shifts and changes. Yes. So I think, I don't know if there's an example that you have in mind, but that usually to me, that's more about one common, what's it called? One common thing that I get told all the time when I talk about automation is I like to have those conversations with my prospects. Like I don't want to automate yes. everything. Right. And that's like a classic, like that's where people start. They're like, I don't want my business to sound like robotic. I want to have those personal conversations. I want to build those relationships. And absolutely. Right. And that's another very common misconception about what automation is. 
automations don't mean that it you put a robot in there and that just takes over for you. Right. It means that you come in at the right time. So well said. And so, yeah, automations is always well-designed automation will always have you, the person or someone from your team come in when that's required. So a simple one is like a missed call text back. Somebody tries to call your business. Nobody picks up. You have an automation that automatically they're already thinking about you because they just try to call you. Right. And you get a text that goes to them saying, hey, sorry, I missed your call. Let me know how I can help. And if you have a very simple, autom that's one of the simplest things you could set up in your business. And nobody seems to have that. I just talked to people. Nugget. That's so good. Now, as we dive deeper into automation, I don't know how much you help your clients in apps like Zapier or maybe other alternatives where the entire purpose of that technology is to link up one app to another. Can you speak to the power of an app like Zapier and also its limitations? Absolutely. So I used to spend a lot of time building Zapiers, troubleshooting Zapiers, or not Zapiers, Zaps for my clients until I discovered all-in-one marketing software. So I know that there are a ton of them out there right now. We currently use something called Go High Level that I was, I know I was mentioning a little bit, but we have our own platform, which is built on top of Go High Level. It's a really powerful thing that basically replaces everything from ClickFunnels to Kajabi to your email marketing software, like ActiveCampaign or ConvertKit, mass campaigns, your Calendly links, your everything. And your social media scheduler is just all in one place. And so that really eliminates the need for as many zaps, which I'm a huge fan of. I've heard probably one or two, I think two so far, two coaches tell me that they love Zapier. And to that, yeah, I know it's fun to create them, but then at some point they break. And sure. anybody who's used Zapier, anybody who's used all these different tools and has tried to connect them all knows that when one thing breaks and you're on like five different, or five is an exaggeration, maybe two or three different customer support teams, each one will tell you that it's the other one's fault. And it's up to you to figure out where the problem actually is yeah. and get to the bottom of it. A related point that we have learned is... First, I want to underscore something that you said before we went live, which is you can really never lean into systems and automations soon enough. Yeah. Right. So we found that to be true. And at the same time, I shared this recently on the podcast. We recently made a bunch of changes on the back ends of our processes and automations because I think we got a little too next level ourselves with trying to create a bunch of complicated automations mm. instead of taking a step back and saying, how can we simplify the actual process here? Does our business really need a super complicated structure with a bunch of different variations and dependencies? Or is there a simpler way of saying, this is more than good enough for most of our contacts, leads, clients, et cetera. And taking the time to get simpler also just made everything more accurate too. We noticed that just a lot of the automations were firing much more consistently once we re-simplified the whole process. Absolutely. I'm a huge, huge advocate for cutting the fat from your business. Mm. Anything that isn't required, absolutely. I think some business owners, and I've been guilty of this too, we can give ourselves a real pat on the back by showing another business owner some crazy complicated process that we built, right? 
But if there's not a really strong ROI to that, it could exactly be worth simplifying. Yes, and you said it exactly right. Like if you need to measure everything, yeah. and if you have these complicated automations, whether it's through Zapier or something else, but if it's not really bringing in that ROI, the more complicated your setup is, the more chances that it will break, right? The more points it has. Yeah. And so there's no point in having all of those pressure points because even if it works beautifully right now and it's fun and it's great and it's impressive, there's that many more pressure points that could potentially break in the future. And if it's not bringing you that ROI that the whole thing is set up for yes. in the first place, there's no point. Now, let me ask you a related question. And I defer to your perspective on this, but I feel like this now transitions us into a couple of helpful topics and questions because under this umbrella of don't overcomplicate your business, right? Especially in the course creator and coach space, it's very easy to create like a gazillion different offers. Yes. And then create systems and automations around all of it. As you work with those types of businesses, is there a thing that's top of mind for you as you help them assess which offers to really focus on and invest in building processes and smart automations around before doing something that can be very easy to do when you're a course creator or a coach and see endless opportunity and just create dozens and dozens of different offers. Yeah. So when there are a bunch of offers on the table, I will say that I'm a huge fan of testing. So I will never say pick one and just automate that and go with it and stick with it. So I am a fan of testing out two or three different options. And so things like split testing your landing page or split testing two different offers. I'm a huge fan of that. And again, that's where automation comes in because unless you're automating the data that you're collecting from those tests, you're just going by popularity votes. You're trying to right. see how many people are responding, which may not necessarily equate to actual dollars in your bank account, right? So yeah, I don't suggest testing like five or six different offers. So you really want to pick the one that is going to get your clients great. the biggest result and lead into your next offer. So like usually those offers where you're like, should I do this or should I do that is usually one of the smaller offers, the smaller, the top of funnel yeah. stuff. Because really when you come down the funnel, you know exactly what you want to offer. You know what you're passionate about. You know how you can help your clients. It's usually those top of funnel offers. Okay. So I say pick two or three, test them, make sure you're looking at the data, you know, test them for a good amount of time, I would say like 30 days. And then once you have that winner, then you want to stick with it. Then don't just be like, oh, I did this, but now I don't think right. it's working. I'm going to switch back to this. Constantly start to build on it and really stick with that winning offer from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And on a related note, I know that you help business owners a lot with the social media and the marketing and then all of the automations on the back end. For business owners that might be at more of a beginning stage in building an audience, are you of the mindset of let's figure out based on your niche, which one platform we can really focus on? Or do you like repurposing like crazy because the processes there can make it happen? I'm definitely not a fan of putting all your eggs in one basket. So okay. people who are just starting out and say, which platform should I pick? Yes, you want to think about your audience. Where is your audience hanging out? But then that was a great question to ask two or three years ago. Today, I don't think anybody, no matter how old or young they are, are just on one platform. They're in multiple places. And so if you get stuck with, well, where's my audience? There's no one right answer, right? So your audience is more than likely on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, 
at least, right? Those are the three most, most important ones. And if their businesses are B2B, then they're on LinkedIn and they're checking their email and they're checking their phones. And so if you're not staying top of mind by reaching them in all these different places, then you might just be leaving a piece of the pie because if they see you once, even if you've said the most profound thing ever that they've ever heard in their lives and they hear it just once, they're probably going to forget it. So. Okay. I ask that too, because I know that you're working on something that people can learn more about if they go to the, is it the bseenmachine.com? It's just bseenmachine.com. bseenmachine.com. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what that is. So the Be Seen framework is just a market visibility framework. It is a framework that helps you start with long form written content automate that, of course, but, you know, automate your process of how you create your long form written content, how you repurpose that to short form content, written and video, if that's something that you like doing. But again, video tends to hold so many people back that I'm almost afraid to say that at all, because I feel like that should be a separate layer. But there are people who love video. But yes, video should really come as a second layer. As long as you start with written you don't have to worry about, you know, are you, do you have the right lighting? Do you have the right camera? Are you in the right place? How do you look today? How do you feel today? Written content is so much easier. The barrier of entry of just getting it out there and repurposing it is so quick. And mm -hmm. with the right system, really, you can repurpose things and have them scheduled and posted to all of the different platforms that you want to be on. I'm not saying be on every platform, but you want to pick. Sure. Yeah. Well on that note, let me follow it up with this question. Cause you mentioned Facebook, Instagram, TikTok as the main three, especially if you're not serving business owners on LinkedIn or elsewhere, but Instagram and TikTok are primarily creating kind of video first content. So it sounds like part of what you're helping people do is creating text first content, even if it might be in video form. So can you give an example of what a tool like this could help you create on TikTok? Yeah, that's a great question because I get that so often and yeah. I love talking about it. So TikTok is this enigma to people who aren't on TikTok yet because they think it's something that needs to be like crazy and like you need to be so creative and all that. dance all day. Right, right. <laughs> Thankfully, the pointing and dancing thing is like no longer a thing. I don't know why that was. Like, no, but I mean, if that's your thing, then totally. But it's just you don't have to do that. When I talk about written content, first of all, something that not a lot of people are aware of is Instagram. I mean, everyone knows that Instagram is both written and video. But when you create a reel on Instagram, they don't usually show it more than once. Mm. But if you create like a carousel post or a written post, Instagram will normally serve it up to your audience at least twice. Mm. So if for nothing else, like definitely start with written content if you're on Instagram, just for that reason alone. That is interesting just because I don't think you have to look very far to see a lot of business owners and a lot of successful business owners on Instagram really shy away from posting that much now. And like a lot of what they do is either a reel or just a lot of stories and I'm hearing you say that, that is changing and they might be working off of an algorithm that's since changed from when they made that decision to just really pause their posts. Yeah, I heard a lot of people and I saw this too, towards the end of the year, towards the end of 2022, a lot of people were noticing that their videos weren't actually getting a lot of traction on Instagram. Mm. Now people would post the same video on TikTok and get a whole lot more views and traction with it. But on Instagram, I think they were testing something and really there's no way for us to predict which way it's going to go or if they're going to go back sure. to the video first. 
I think they will, but I think they're constantly trying to tweak their algorithm. And it's not just a video first or written first okay. kind of thing. But that was an interesting observation that somebody else actually made. Interesting for sure. Yeah. That written content is being served up twice in the same week. And reels are just served up as soon huh. as you get them and that's it. And on the TikTok side too, it seems like I'm seeing more like yes videos, but it's a lot of just B-roll footage with text on top or something like that, right? Exactly. And so that's where I was actually going with this. So when you start with a written content first approach, you can take little snippets of it and just speak them to camera, put something like captions, which is an app that you introduced me to, but so fun. <laughs> slap on captions to make it fun you don't even need to have stickers on it because the captions themselves are so fun and add that interest to it add the text to it Mm -hmm. there's your tiktok you don't have to overthink it that's great that's awesome well raheen any final thoughts tips that you want to share before we wrap up here yeah i know that we actually connected about this podcast about doing this live because we were talking about building teams Mm. And something that I've noticed that a lot of business owners do is, A, there's this misconception, and I know we were talking a little bit about this offline as well, but there's this misconception that automations are this big thing that needs to happen at a very specific point in your business. Otherwise, it's all going to come crashing down. And really what automations are, and I know we talked about this a little bit already, but just to emphasize the fact that automations should be incorporated early in your business work your way up. So start with something small, something that's going to give you a quick win, something that's going to actually benefit your day and give you back some time in your day and then build on it from there. So really with the build, test, tweak, repeat thing, you want to do these smaller chunks of automation and not wait for this time when everything's working well and now you're ready to scale because what happens very often is that you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to wait until everything's working really great and then I'll automate. And now suddenly you've got this flood of business coming in and you're trying to scale. And so your automatic thought is, let's hire a team member. Right. I heard this set really beautifully last week is that when you scale through hiring alone without the systems and automations in place first, you're scaling sideways. Yes. And so what that means is you're hiring a new team member for, let's say, every five new clients, right? Because a team member can only handle this many clients. And having been an account manager on in a Facebook ad agency, I can tell you that three clients was a lot. But when you have systems and automations in place, then that one person can handle a lot more than just right. those five clients. And so that's when you start to, again, coming back to really building your business the skinny way without fluff or yes. like that, that's when you can really start to scale vertically through those automations because then you're not trying to hire a new team member for every new client that you're bringing on. Yes. I recently reread the E-Myth book and saw language in there that I didn't see the first time I read it, which is it is so much more effective to build a process-based business than a people-based business. And he's not saying don't hire people. He's saying right. don't throw money in the direction of people to solve the problem that you don't have processes in place to do things. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's perfect. But yes, totally in line with what you said. And it's, you're right. Once you have strong processes in place, then you get the real freedom and leverage of removing yourself at different roles in the company. Exactly. And you see this because you provide it, but when you can have the best systems and automations in the world, which are incredibly helpful, and you will need someone on the back end to be auditing those systems, making sure that they're working, 
improving, going through the rest of the butter framework. And what we've been able to create, and I share this to say that your philosophy on this works, is we have a really great team at what I call the doer level who are documenting things, making sure that our processes are being audited, being corrected, following them. We've got managers who are overseeing the doer level team and the processes. And then we have leaders who are overseeing the managers and making sure that our big quarterly goals are being met. And I was just talking with one of my leadership teammates. Everyone's on the leadership team is fractional. And she was like, Joey, I'm only spending about 10 hours a month being an apartment lead for your business. And she's got her own business. She's on my team and she wants to find other one or maybe two other companies to do this for. And I say this just to really underline that vertical scaling. And I have business owner friends who don't believe me when I tell them that I have part-time leadership teammates because they were like, how can they do that work for that few hours a month? And it's because of those systems, automations, and teammates at lower levels that have the automations and systems in place. So beautifully said. I love that. That's exactly it, right? And the only way to do that is through those systems and automations. And Absolutely. Well, Raheen, I could chat with you and continue to sing your praises for a lot longer, but we'll respect your time here. So for people who want to learn more, yes, they can go to bcmachine.com and have access to that tool when it's ready. Where else can they go to continue following you and picking up golden nuggets from you? So really quick, BC Machine is actually this live challenge that I hold. I haven't done one this year yet because we're actually building a lot more into it. The next one's going to be either in March or April. So that's just a life challenge. That's a way for anyone who is interested in learning how to automate their content and come up with a system where multi-channel marketing is actually takes up less of your time mm-hmm. than focusing on just one channel because one channel has you focusing on the algorithm a lot more than the quality of your content. Yeah. And it's really coming up with your brand voice first and then using that to generate your content and not be so algorithm focused. So that's what Be Seen Machine is. If people want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at the bot gal. Love it. T H E B O T G A L. Oh, and I should say this too, because I know I said this to you offline, but bots just mean automation. So I'm not a bad bot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the bot gal on Instagram or BC machine, if anyone would like to come to the free, I like to call it a workshop more than a challenge, but yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Raheen. Thanks to everybody for tuning in live on the replay on the podcast. And we'll see you next week at the Business Growth Advantage. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. My pleasure.